And welcome to the latest edition of Giants Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Howard Cross back in the house. Howard, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Lance. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well as we are nearing the first preseason game. So Howard and I will get ahead and look towards the Cleveland Browns game here at MetLife Stadium on Thursday. We'll also go over what we saw at practice and the depth chart that was recently released, the unofficial depth chart we should emphasize. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. So, Howard, you had an opportunity to review practice today. A lot of young guys getting opportunities, especially the young wide receivers. What were some of the things that stood out to you with respect to today's practice? I thought it was pretty cool to watch some practice to get everybody kind of going. You know that a lot of the, the uh, stars are going to probably going to play. Teams are moved into this new era of, you know, keep your starters off the field until you need them in the regular season. Uh, it's still football. I don't, still don't understand that, but <laughs> it is what different it is. generation. It's a different generation, but it, it's good to see you know the coaches. Not a lot of screaming and yelling. Uh, that means the guys were getting their get, you know getting their assignments down, which is a good thing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the defense plays uh, when you have you know second and third guys in there because they'll they'll be moving from special teams where they're trying to make the team to trying to get these reps that they've been kind of. Stuck behind the starters, getting reps. Stuck behind the starters, getting reps. And in this, this very short week, getting ready for a game, you have two or three days to get ready. Like you have basically two days, last day of practice. Tomorrow will be more call-outs and personnel, but this is real their last day of practice. It's going to be interesting to see how much these guys can retain and put into action and execute uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and then it's a quick turnaround in terms of returning to practice even after the game. It's a little bit different than a normal regular season week, Howard, to your point, where you have a little bit more leeway, flexibility, and structure, and you have recovery time after the game. The way training camp works, they play Thursday. I mean, they got to get right back to work in the midst of things here. I mean, again, it, it's all these, the new technology, the new, the new thought patterns, all this stuff, I get it, I understand it. But it's, you know, I tell people all the time, a, a dairy farmer gets up, Milks cows seven days a week, twice a day. The cows will never stop giving milk. <laughs> yeah, there's no off season for the uh, the milk program. There, there's no re- <laughs> hey 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 Betsy, I'm gonna have a recovery day. It's no recovery day for Betsy. Betsy not, Betsy, Betsy shows up every day, and I think that I think that we've moved to this thing because we uh, politely we we believe that we're protecting our players a little bit more. We believe that we're taking care of them a little bit more. But I think that it, it's like anything else. It's a job you need to you have to work at it. And they're going to probably get back somewhere between where I believe and where where they are today because your body has to be – you have to box. You have to do some sparring in order to fight. And they're going to do a little bit more of that as they they get along. I think in the next collective bargaining agreement, whenever that comes up, if I'm still around talking about it. (laughs) But um, I I think that they're just going to get back to it, and I think that that's what they need. And if they start that, then I think the preseason will be more of a, you know, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, instead of – Thursday night, Friday night, because right now it just doesn't make it, – it's hard enough for guys to play on a Thursday night. Now you ask these young guys to go out on Thursday you know, fly around, not knowing what they're doing, <laughs> some of them, and then you're going to ask them to turn around uh, Friday afternoon or Saturday in practice. And it's a little, little different. I think it's, I think that, you know, as they're, you know, doing all this let's protect the players thing, they leave a lot of gaps in it. So you can have a regular schedule, keep everything kind of even, it'll be better in the long run. Well, and have it reflect more of what goes on in the regular season. Yeah, it just gets your body prepared for how to how to 
you know, take on things. No, I think that makes 100% sense. And I think to your point with respect to the new CBA, Howard, I mean, coaches, yeah, they do everything they can to protect the players. But I think most guys who've been around and saw what it was like when there were two-a-days are quite frustrated now that there's not a lot of practice time to prepare these players. I, th- I think when they did it, you know, politely to the guys who set it up, I think the guys who set it up were older players and they didn't need a lot of practice. And I think they made the call for, like, yeah, hey, I don't need to be at the facility all day every day. Like, that's great, but there are the guys who are coming in that do need to be in a lot. So, Days like that. No, that's a great point. Yeah. Furlough. When, it, when it's time to get real, they get real, and you have to get it done. So I'm, I'm more along the lines of I know what people do in the real world. I see them every day working. This is a fantasy world. We have a lot of fun <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Uh, we, put, we put a little stress on our bodies, but – as we put in stress in my body, we're getting paid well to do it. So let's go have some fun. No, I'm in agreement with you. The other aspect of this is the injury bug and the concern about whether or not you should actually play your starters in preseason games. And already we're hearing about, well, you know, how much do you put Odell Beckham out there given the fact that he's coming off the season-ending ankle injury or how many reps do you give Saquon Barkley progressively over the course of the preseason because obviously you don't want him to take so many hits. And again, I will say that, you know, and in fairness to, to – to everyone listening, in fairness to everyone who ever puts on a headset and talks about this, it's not what you believe. It's more about, hey, my job is to play this game. I should be playing this game at my highest level. I learn more from being on the field playing physically than I learn standing on the sideline. If I am going to get nicked or hurt, if I get hurt in the first three games, that didn't do anything for me. If I get hurt in the last game, then I got all those games in. If I get hurt in preseason, it's just like getting hurt in the first three games. And I don't think people realize that. And I think that it's more, I don't know, I think it's more uh, fantasy football and, and talking heads of guys. Like, I like when guys, like we were talking about it before, people up on their soapbox. I like when guys go, you can't do that. He's going to get hurt. Like, well, <laughs> it, well he's going to carry the ball for real in a couple weeks. Exactly. You know, like, he's going to expose himself to even worse hits. Like like Odell, if you watch him today in practice, what's he doing? He's running scout team. He's catching kicks. He wants to play everything. But people are like, well, you know, he's a receiver. You got to take care of him. Make sure he's going to be okay. We're going to get him ready for the season. I'm like, who are you talking to? Are you watching. He's like running around. Got to play DP today. I was like, hey, look, he can drop. Look at him. It looks nice. So it's just I, I think there's a, a big gap between wanting to play and everything that we're talking about. What we're saying, believe it or not, and I know, I know our fans are, are very knowledgeable. What we say is really meaningless because – the guys, a lot of guys, and I'm not going to say every guy, but a lot of guys I watch, they want to play. Yeah, they want to go out there and play, and I think they understand, and this is what I bring up all the time, Howard, injuries are a part of the game. They're going to happen. Yeah, Whether you baby feed a player or not, he's going to get out there week one, he could get hurt in week one. He could get out there, he could get hurt in week three, or he get out there and get hurt in week four of the preseason. It, it really doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. Well, we're more educated now about injuries. We're more educated now about what happens to guys. We're more educated about food and 
drink diet and, and all diet these other things. Yeah, and and our athletes look better. I hear they're bigger, stronger, faster, which is really not true. But I hear that all the time. Like, I hear it too. I mean, like uh, Mel Blunt was a was a cornerback. Have you ever seen how big that dude is? <laughs> is there a cornerback in the league that's like six four, six five that that was that big? Uh, you know, you, you look. Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so you, you, you don't realize when you're saying the guys are well, they're bigger, stronger, faster. There's nobody on the in the football that may be as fast as Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson or Daryl Green. These guys are world class sprinters. Like they like they're fast. Like they're great athletes. So Or Bo Jackson, another yeah, guy too. Yeah, we, we make this up, we, we make up this narrative and we repeat it over and over. It's not true. Like it's football. Um like I the owner, John Mara, he'll walk by me sometimes. Hey, how you doing? You're looking pretty good, Cross. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, John, beer and wings. I missed one game. <laughs> beer and wings, John. I said, I don't know if you can get beer in the facility, but you can definitely get some wings. And he just laughs. He goes, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's like, you, 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 you're an athlete, I get it, but you're a football player. And that's actually a job title that got Well, I'm all for the cafeteria stocking up on beer and wings, Howard. <laughs> if you could pull that. Okay, if you have that influence, I'm all for that. I already started. <laughs> we can make room in the fridge, though. Listen, there's plenty of room in the fridge in the cafeteria, Howard. They probably got two other fridges that they're hiding from us as well. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We're going to get to your phone calls here in a second. One other thing I want to go over before we open up the phone lines. The Giants did release an unofficial depth chart yesterday, Howard. And okay. everybody obviously loves to read into it. Oh, this guy's listed on the front. This guy's on the third line. What exactly does this mean? I don't think there were any major surprises. I just want to go over, at least from an offensive standpoint, John Jalapio is listed as the starting center. That should not surprise anybody. He's received most of the first team reps. Yes, Brett Jones is still battling for that spot, but you figure Jalapio has an edge. And then the other thing that's interesting, Howard, compared to what we saw under Ben McAdoo, they list this as a 12 offensive set. They've got two tight ends yeah. on their offensive depth chart. That, I thought, jumped out to me. Evan Ingram and Rhett Ellison are both listed as starters. Well, if you if you watch Minnesota play last year, they did a lot of two tight end sets. They did have some dynamic receivers, but they 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 ran the ball very well, and the way they set up the run with the two tight ends, and and if so, they'd had a fullback if there wasn't two tight ends. They like to play a little more of the, you know, uh, old school type football. They they will throw it around the field, but the way they usually control the clock, they had a great four minute offense once they got the lead. They were able to move the ball on the ground, and the ground game was a real ground game. You could, and if you brought guys up and eight man trying to stop it, they started lighting you up over the edges and over the top. So having two good tight ends, you know, possibly two great guys, you know, and Evan Ingram and Ellison is is a, is a luxury. You know, it's gonna, what's going to be the interesting thing is that a lot of fans wanted to know last year: Will he block? I yeah. think Ingram will block. I think Ingram's going to do a good job. He doesn't have to smash guys off the ball. Those days may be gone. But if he gets in the way, if he stops the guy from penetrating, if he can hold his ground, uh, you know, Saquon's going to make people miss. And, you know, that's that's what you want to see. And they could utilize Red Ellison as a fullback, which they did when he was in Minnesota, Howard. And one of the things Barkley talked about when he spoke to the media this week, when he was at Penn State, he very rarely ran 
behind a fullback. So this is some new exposure to that facet of the game all of a sudden now for him. Well, it's, it's a lot. You know, uh, college coaches, regardless of what people say, I know that Coach Saban is, is probably the most famous guy for, in theory, getting guys ready for the NFL. Uh, they don't do anything in college to get you ready for NFL. Not because nothing against what they're saying, but they're trying to win national championships. And whatever system they're using is the system that's going to win the national championship. <laughs> like, you know, the Get Giants, them through the playoff, yeah. Good, good luck, Giants. But <laughs> 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 we just won our national championship. I don't really care. Like, oh, well, this guy's never seen a fullback before. That's too bad. <laughs> it doesn't work for us. <laughs> well, it didn't work for you. Like, hopefully you can figure that out. Yeah. So, you know, I see there were quarterbacks all over the league. Uh, the guys out of the, out of the, you know, the Big 12 – uh, I don't think they ever take a snap from center. Uh, they, they just <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, I mean we're joking, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. They, they have like wide open passing lanes because we're spreading them out. Let's go. Like I'm like, oh, just send everybody at the quarterback. Just, just, <laughs> just flood them. Like, okay, you may not get him, but like five times. Those five times, he'll be throwing the ball to the cheerleaders and everybody. <laughs> like I would just change the way they play. It's just very different to watch. So it's games aren't made, and it's. I think it's more of the intelligence of the player now. It's more important than anything. Like, guys have to be really, really smart. Like, uh, I, talk, I talk sometimes about my son. He, he constantly says, like, you know, I want to be whatever. I'm like, that's great. You need to be smart in order to play the game. You get When you get up, put your hand in the dirt, you look up. You should know before you put your hand down what formation they're in, what's the tendency. Look at some film. Like, okay, is this guy leaning back? Okay, I know what they're doing. Like, you should see all that stuff. To be able to identify yeah, it. you should be able to see it, like, instantly. And, like, all of a sudden it, it starts you, you know, starts your process. And you're thinking, I was the only player that I know of that used to, like, give false keys to make players do the wrong thing. Like, I would lean back for a guy to make him <laughs> rush up the field because I knew it was going to be a draw. And I'd just pop up and just push him out. He'd run, like, eight <laughs> yards that way. And I'm running down the field beside the running back. Like, can you believe that? <laughs> like, so you, you do things. The mind things. games that yeah, you played with people. You'd have to do it. Like, you, I, you know, guys got some defensive – when they moved out, guys to the defensive end and started being guys like Reggie White, these big guys, it was like, okay, so I got to make Reggie think I'm going to cut him. So you started looking at his knees and down by his hands, and he's like, okay, why you ain't going to cut me? Oh, he started go, to hey, think a little. Like, yeah. You got to make him think. If you don't make him think. Yeah. No, that's great. It. So you, you learned a lot, and we – you know, we studied we studied uh you know game plans and scouting reports, and we had tendencies, and we would actually have to give breakdowns of actual players that we we're playing against. Like, oh, what's his, what's his strong suit? What's he like to do? You know, and we did the same with the officials. And you just to know, of course, yeah, their tendencies, yeah, you knew yeah, what everybody was doing. So that's part of it. So it's it's early on in camp. These guys are getting ready for that, and it's going to be interesting to see if they've had some film on a guy, if they know a guy from the past. If, you know, with, with the internet, you can with Google, you can literally go and Google a guy's last college game that you may be playing against. And you get on YouTube yeah, or something yeah. like that, yeah. You, you can see how that player plays. You don't have to rely on if the team gives you five clips or gives you, you know, taking some on your iPad. And, and But he doesn't physically, he's not there because he wasn't on the team yet. Or maybe he was in, you know, he was with the Rams or maybe he was with – whoever maybe it was with Pittsburgh and you don't see him like okay easy I need to see film of this just so you can see that guy so there's a lot of ways to get to it now 
that weren't available when I was playing. Well, I was going to say we don't want to date you on this program, but you know, you didn't have the iPads and the internet and YouTube. You know, you had the VHS tapes I, I and had, all that other good stuff. Yeah, but as soon as we figured out how to, when there was no YouTube, that was the only thing. Once YouTube hit, then oh. we, we could see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it just goes to show you that. Not to pat yourself on the back, but players who played in your period deserve credit because you had to go maybe a little out of your way to get the homework and the research. You, you definitely had to go out. You, well, the the stuff I commend, like the coaches today, work really hard. Uh, technologies help them out a lot. Oh, immensely. I but, mean, you've got computer programs now where you store yeah, all of the highlights and everything. If you saw the amount of paperwork and the amount of trees we killed back <laughs> in the day to bring home yeah. scouting reports, the books were thick just to. And you like if you weren't a good reader and didn't like boring stuff, that was a that was a snooze fest. You had to like there was a lot of okay, this guy this is what he does. He, you know, th his best game was his worst game was. Here's who we played against. Here's what he was doing. Here's his tail. Here's whatever. Like you did like it felt like we were baseball players trying to figure out wh which pitch was coming next. Curveball, yeah. slider, yeah. Was, okay, which still to me is still funny because. It seems like I'm standing like this, I'm looking this way, and the catcher moves over and down. I'm like, okay, he moves over and down. I can see him. <laughs> like, I, I can literally see him. Like, I can still see you moving. Like, okay, so they can't see that. Like, they throw the ball. Like, he was going to throw it inside. He moved over there. <laughs> His I, tell. He wouldn't be a good poker player, especially I, with you at the table. So you'd bad. pick up on those things like that. I'd take a lot of money for <laughs> Real quickly, in terms of the defensive depth chart, B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson listed as the two outside defensive linemen in the 3-4 front. Kareem Martin, Olivier Vernon, the two outside linebackers. And then Curtis Riley right now is listed as the starting free safety. But they've been rotating a different safety in that spot next to Landon Collins every single day, Howard. So that's why these preseason games are going to be so important to see. Does Andrew Adams emerge? Does Michael Thomas emerge? Does Darian Thompson emerge? Or does Curtis Riley actually solidify that spot? A lot of guys in the mix at that position. Man, the free safety spot is so wide open. They've had such promising uh, talk well, year in and year out uh, about Thomas and all these different guys and Adams. And we have a guy, we have a guy, we have a guy. And through injury or whatever play, able at the strong spot. But you need that other guy because teams, you, you can't hide that guy in the game. You can go at him over and over again, and you'll be able to find him. So it's going to be interesting to see which kid picks it up quickest. That guy's basically the quarterback of the defense. He's out there barking out signals, trying to help get guys lined up. And with the change from a 4-3 a to a 3-4, it's going to be interesting to see which guy can pick up the terminology, actually figure out where everybody goes the quickest and get them lined up. Yeah, and if you go back to James Betcher's Arizona defense is Howard, the safety position was integral. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether it be the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, yeah. in, in terms of what he did in that defense, you know, Dayon Buchanan, who then, you know, became a linebacker, mm -hmm. he liked to move those well, type of players around. Well, it's not just moving around. You have to coordinate. Like, uh, be on the same page. Yeah, because you come out, you've got a three-by-one, a, a two-by-two. you, you got to know if it's tight person. If there's two tight ends in the game, they're screaming from the sideline. But once they scream from the sideline and you turn back, you could have like uh, two tight ends and two backs. And a receiver, you look up, they're, they're in spread. Like, but you have to know where these guys are going, what you know, what what it means to you when you see the two by two, when you see the three by one, when, what's happening, where's the back shifted, you know, all that stuff, that means something. And the guy that's standing the deepest gets to see the most of it. He has the best the view. Fastest. So he yeah. has to, like, call it out, get his guys over, like, all right, so there's motion. 
He's screaming at the motion. Look out. Pay attention. See who's watching you because they're watching the same thing. They go in motion to see if you're going to follow them across the field. If you follow them across the field, some sort of man. If you don't follow them across the field and you <laughs> kick it out, okay, they're in some sort of zone. zone yeah. So, you know, they, they know that and they flood zones. They do everything from an offensive standpoint. The defense is trying to orchestrate the exact same kind of thing. And he's, he has to be able to say, okay, got a three-by-one. We know this guy can rush because they don't have enough blockers. So he's got to be able to tell guys that. And it's it's things that, that from a safety position – that you're giving signals and you're screaming, trying to get guys in the right position. It's a game of chess, and that goes back to your point about if you have the football smarts, the IQ, mm-hmm. then you can easily identify different schemes and setups. You have to be you have to be a real student of the game. Special teams, by the way, in terms of the depth chart, Cody Latimer listed as the primary kickoff returner, and Hunter Sharp is listed as the punt returner. With that being said, let's open up the phone lines, 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. Warren is in Virginia. He gets us going on the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. How we doing, Warren? Hello, there. How are you guys doing? Doing well. What's on your mind? A real quick couple of things I wanted to talk about because I've been able to talk to you all. uh, they were talking about our first take today that uh, the Giants are trying to pay Odell less than what Sammy Watkins make. And uh, I, I hope that is a false, you know, important stuff, honestly, because we do need Odell back on. And then, you know, it would be really worse if, like, the Cow- like I hear the Cowboys receivers, uh, it's hard for them to even get separation from, like, cor- like non-starting corners that they're going to get to practice. And I wouldn't be surprised if, Odell became a free agent in the Cowboys football. And then also, um, the offensive line, if the offensive line looked better than last year's offensive line, like in, like you see an improvement from last year. I know it's hard to tell right now because we're in the beginning stage and stuff like that. Well, your first question, number one, remember, there's always the franchise tag in terms of Odell Beckham's contract. So, you know, I think we're getting really ahead of ourselves, God forbid, if he hits free agency when you have tools under the CBA. In terms of the offensive line, I think we're going to tell a lot more once we see actually some of these preseason games. But, you know, I've said this multiple times on the program. Pat Shermer has really loved the competition that he sees at that spot. Nate Solder's been battling Olivier Vernon every single day in practice. And Eric Flowers is still transitioning to the right side, but he's also going at it with the number of pass rushers they have there. And then you take into consideration Patrick Omame, who's another new arrival at the guard position. You know, this is a brand new offensive line, Howard. There's a lot of new faces that were not near or in the picture at all in, in terms of last season. So just from a personnel standpoint, it's drastically changed. You definitely hey, Lance. Go ahead. Go ahead, real quick. Oh, uh, yeah, one more question. Yeah. Um, also, does Davis Webb look better than Ryan Nassau? Because I remember hearing that like, Ryan Nassau was going to be the future, and I remember Neil Marks used to like support him. I like, used to be a huge fan of him. But I really want to know, is Davis Webb look better than what Ryan Nassau has? Well, well, we'll get into that, Warren. We'll let you go on that note, and let's address the offensive line first, and then we'll get into Davis Webb. You were going right. to get into that, Howard, and appreciate the phone call, Warren. The, the offensive line definitely is better. You know, with Solis out there on the outside, on the left, you know, you bring in a new guard, uh, you, you slide. Uh, it seems to be an angry big kid, good kid. You know, I don't yeah. want to say angry. No, but I, he's I, built. Like he, he's got a presence. Yeah, he, he wants to get after it. you, you got the centers who there's a nice battle there. But I think, you know, I think Jones did a great job last year, but I think they're going with a bigger body. I think a bigger body with skills that understands what's going on, 
that, you know, Jones is going to be a great player that, that can fit into a lot of spots. But I think a lot of people, he's going to, he's going to be that guy. So then you get all the way over to the right tackle. Now what fans are thinking about, they're following Flowers around trying to figure out what kind of player he's going to be. Right now he's battling for a position himself. Like Flowers moves over to the right tackle, the way you described it, he's fitting in that right tackle. The way that, that you're going to look at it is there are guys gunning for the right tackle spot. They're like, okay, well, if he didn't do that well, maybe I can get him this year. And there are guys behind him. Like, they, they love him. They're buddies. They're all in the locker room. And it's, they're all in the, the offensive line room together. But they're looking at him going, like, all right, that might be my chance to get on Opportunity. Field. Yeah, so he's got to hold off all these guys and have a good game up front and, you know, get in on as many games as possible. It's going to be interesting to see, will he play in this first game and how much he plays? Because he's a guy that needs to prove something. And he's a guy that I would think needs as many reps at right yeah. tackle too, Howard. Well, I, don't, I, I think – for me, I, I played because being a tight end, you go on both sides. Of course. And you play from both. I did never thought – I never could figure out that whole, you know, playing uh, right tackle versus left tackle. What was the big deal? Uh, one guy's supposed to be more athletic than the other. I'm like, okay, well, just change your stance. But I guess it is a big deal. So it's going to be interesting to see if it's a big deal to him. The footwork and so forth. It's interesting you brought that up because when Hal Hunter, the offensive line coach, Howard, spoke to the media – they were looking for the reporters some type of an analogy to explain what it's like moving from left to right. And the way he explained it was it was as if you are a left-handed person and now all of a sudden you got to start writing with your right hand. That's the analogy that he utilized. I will, I will have to go with the coach's uh, analogy because, again, playing tight end, we had to play both sides of the line uh, from an in-line blocking standpoint and pass blocking But standpoint. you were regularly preparing for both sides. Yeah. Whereas if you're a left tackle, you're probably not getting nearly as many reps at right during the course of the week. I'll give you that. Like I said again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it you know it, it varies based on situation. We can't use generics. Not every team does it the same way. I, in I fairness, look, I look at it as I look at it as um, you know if you look at a good college team that has a good offensive line, all of a sudden a kid that they thought was going to be a guard they slide him out to kick a guy over to get the best five guys. They keep rotating them. In the NFL, we pay guys to be a specific specialty, a left tackle, a right tackle, a left guard, a right guard, a center. But in college, they do almost all positions when they're playing on the offensive line. That's why I'm saying I'm listening to it now, but now that he's making money, like people were saying, well, maybe he can move into guard. Well, okay, so is guard so much different than playing right tackle? Like what's what you know? You still got to bend your knees. You still got to get low. You still got to make your play. The fundamentals are still yeah. key. So, I, I mean, I understand what coach is saying, and and I get it. But my thing about it is, he's going to have to, have to, have to, you know, get better at his game, uh, every step of the way. It's not just going to be, it's not just going to be that he moved over. It's not just going to be that he was a first round pick. He's going to prepare himself to get better at what he was doing the entire time. He looked great, or he looked really good his, his rookie year, fell off a little bit, and got a little ankle injury that people don't talk about. Played Early through, in the season yeah, that year, yeah. Played, played through a lot of pain and stuff, and then just had a you know tougher year to follow you. But now he moves over. If he's healthy, this is his chance to hey, solidify himself a spot. And, you know, for no better term, like I, I don't want to wish this on the Giants, but if he solidifies the spot, if he has a great year, all of a sudden, his contract's up. And his contract's up. Do the Giants pay him or 
do they figure out the, does he figure out a way to get out of there so that that's all business part of the game depending on how he performs, will obviously indicate what's going to happen with his future beyond this season. And I think right now the main theme is the Giants coaching staff is just trying to promote versatility. They're moving offensive linemen around, as Howard alluded to. John Jerry's got in reps at right tackle. He's normally been a guard throughout the course of his career. The center is working in and out. So that obviously I think has been a big theme. We're going to get to Davis Webb in a little bit. I know that was one of the questions from the previous caller. In the meantime, though, let's head back to the lines. Abdul is in Minnesota. Abdul, what's happening? Hey, guys, what's up? Doing all right, Abdul. What do you got for us? Good. I can't remember being this uh, interested in, in the first preseason game of, of, uh, of the season, um, but I'm really looking forward to see uh, how much this team has improved or at least changed. Um, uh, that being said, I'm not going to have too much patience for the offense coming out slow. For the past few years, we've heard, hey, it's only the offseason. Don't get too worried. And the offense didn't get better. So I'm really ho- I'm hopeful that this time around we'll come out a little faster out of the gate. I know it's preseason. I know it's a new system. I know it's new players. But I'm, I, I just don't have the patience for uh, the offense, once again, looking like it's, it's, it's stuck in mud for, you know, the first four games and, you know, that kind of stuff. So Well, Abdul, I haven't done studies in terms of preseason production versus regular season production, but I don't know if all the teams that have had success in the regular season had – tremendous preseason so my point is I get it you want to see them get into the end zone in the preseason you want to see the offense move the football but you know they also they're not going to spill the beans and they're not going to show you everything because they only want so many things on film but last year I remember everyone saying don't worry about it's the first game don't worry about it's the second game don't worry about it's the third game don't worry about it's the first week and nothing you know it's kind of like I, I understand what you're talking about. I get it. I know it is a preseason, but I just hope that this offense gets together faster than it has in the past few years. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think they'll do do a lot better. You have to also take into consideration what you were looking at. You're looking at a team that star player was was banged up right off right out of the bat. Uh, right. Dale was coming off an ankle injury or something. Yep. Uh, nope. You were, you were looking at an offensive line that was rotating guys constantly. I don't think they had the same five guys. To the last four games of the season, uh, so you, you're looking at this makeshift group of guys trying to. Okay, they're going to get it together if they get. We're like, if everybody gets healthy, it's going to be okay. And then Odell goes down, then another guy goes down, and another guy goes down. It's just, and then Eli's out there, you know, dodging bullets and taking hits and doing that. When, when you see a guy do a push up, <laughs> get up, instead of just pop up, that's when you know it'll hurt. He was doing a lot of push-ups last year. His arms look good. So, I mean, it, I it, just, go, it, just, year, it just happens. Last like year that. was just a, you know, we just kept getting, you know, it was a horrible year. I get it. That's uh, so why I'm excited for, the, uh, for, for this season. Yeah. All right, take care, guys. All right, Abdul. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks I, so much I, for waiting. I think people look at it and they, 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 you know, a lot of injuries. Like Coach Coughlin came in years ago and goes like, I'm going like, to fix all the injuries. I'm like, Okay, I want to see that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it doesn't Wave work my wa- magic <laughs> wand and uh, yeah, like, voila. Like yeah. Call, call Baltimore. Like, no injuries. <laughs> so, but it, he yeah. figured out a way to win two Super Bowls in 10 years. But that's one of the things. You, you gotta, there's got to be an element of luck in all of this to keep these guys healthy through a season. There has to certainly be that. The ball has to bounce your way. And then the other part of it is if you have great depth, Howard, I mean, that goes a long way. Look at the Eagles last year. I bring them up constantly. Philadelphia, what people tend to forget, Howard, the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl, yes, Nick Foles 
help them win it, but they didn't just lose their quarterback, Howard. They lost Jason Peters, their left tackle. They lost two middle linebackers. They lost their starting kicker, Darren Sproles at the running back position. Laundry list of players, yet they didn't miss a beat because the second and third players stepped in and the level of production remained even. Well, they, you know, they did, but they also had, like, a, they figured out a way to get a bunch of quality players in. Like, when you're struggling and your first team is struggling and all of a sudden you're pushing guys up before they're quite ready, you got to figure some stuff out. These guys went down a few weeks in, giving guys some, some time to learn some learn some plays and some terminology. They'd gotten through an entire camp with the, with the starting offensive line ready, and then guys started to pop out. When you got through the entire camp – with the entire defense together. Then guys started to pop out. You, those guys have seen those plays, seen those reps, and they're kind of ready to go. But you can't just pick up that second group of guys because you're like, okay, well, we just need somebody to back us up. Like, no, you got to have guys that can oh, yeah. show up, and they, they have a lot of guys that can do that. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. Jake is in Katona. Jake, what's happening? Hey, guys, how are you? I'm doing well, Jake. How's everything with you? What do you got for us? Good. Um, so I'm actually I'm glad you guys uh, earlier touched on the uh, the 12 offense because I think that's awesome. I mean, you look at like a New England or a, um, a Kansas City, and you can really see what the benefit of having a strong uh, like strength at the tight end position is. And I think the Giants quietly have one of the better tight end situations in the league with Evan Ingram and Red Ellison. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about Evan Ingram. Guys are stud. And Red Ellison's the kind of guy who kind of pops in. You kind of you almost forget about him for a minute, and then he pops in with a clutch touchdown or a first down. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. Um, so my first, I, I, I wanted to ask about uh, if you've seen any – I mean, I know it's hard to tell with uh, practices being, you know, not – Definitely not the same as like live game situations, but uh, have you seen improvement in Evan Ingram's blocking at all? Well, I've watched him a few times just today, but again, not a padded practice day. A lot of uh, a lot of dancing out there with the shorts on and helmets. <laughs> but uh, I think last year I thought he was a decent blocker. I, I think that people should have been surprised at the fact that he was able to get in, mix it up. Uh, wasn't a lot of plays coming off where his guy was running free. He's a willing and able body, so he's trying to get in and be a part of that part of the game. I don't think that he came from Ole Miss where they ran the ball pretty well, and they used him as a blocker. Uh, he caught himself out there sometimes on a big defensive end, and he knew he knows that battle he has to fight when he gets on that edge. So I'm I'm not really worried about his, his ability to block. I'm, I mean, I'm just interested in seeing how they incorporate the two tight ends. Will he be coming out? Will Evan Ingram be coming out of the backfield? Will he be an inline guy a lot? Will he be split out right. as, as, as Ellison's in tight? It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they run this 12 personnel out. It could be flood. It could be, you know, actual 12, one on each side. It could be, you know, there's a tight end in the backfield. It could be, be both guys split. They have a lot of options now that they have these guys. And, you know, there's a couple of other young guys back behind them that, you know, they're, they're going to be looking to get in some games too. Yeah, like a Jarrell Adams yeah. who has a big opportunity this season. And what I would add to what Howard said, Jake, is, you know, Evan Engram, if he's moved around and he has another tight end on the field more often with him than last season, there's going to be things that he's asked to do this year that he was not asked to do last year. And he also, I think, has a much better understanding of football overall because he was put in circumstances last year when he was out wide as a wide receiver because they lost all their wideouts. And he wasn't even right. playing conventional tight end. Yeah, I think the only tough thing for for Ingram is is that it's a brand new system and I, I think that you know he he was a rookie last year learning a new system coming out of college and wow he, he did pretty well 
now he's got to come in here, his coach is gone, and there's a new coach in, a new system, and he's got to learn it again. It's like So for him, it's like three systems in two years. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets through it and how quickly he adapts. But I believe he'll be a guy that picks it up pretty quick. He's a, got a smart football mind. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I had a quick thought on uh, – so – um, depending on how we want to use Red Allison, obviously, uh, like you mentioned, he was used as a, a fullback over in uh, Minnesota. Um, when when in blocking situations, do you think it's going to over? I mean, he'll probably we'll probably see him all over the field. But is, do you think overall it would make more sense having him kind of bolstering the left side since that's Eli's blind side, or is he going to do better? Maybe or would it be better to have him on the right where maybe Flowers needs some help? Uh, I think that it's going to be a little bit of both. you got to remember that Saquon was, is an exceptional blocker coming out of the backfield. That was one of the big, big, big uh, surprises when you're watching him play at, at Penn State. Uh, they sent a blitzer. He stoned him, stoned him cold. So, you know, they're going to be paying attention to that. Um, I would think that when, when you're thinking about pass rushers, the pass rush, I would say, early on is going to come to try to hold – Saquon in the backfield. They don't want him to get out in the cup, get out and running routes because you don't want that guy out in space. So that that's going to leave both tackles are going to have a lot less stress on them because they're going to try to figure out ways to to keep the full to keep the running back in the backfield. That's that would be my if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm looking at the Giants. I'm like, okay, so now they got guys to catch the ball in the backfield. That means how far back do I have to go? Will they look back as far as Tiki? And that's when Tiki was like yeah. running all over the field, and they were getting the ball to him every time. Like, and he actually could block in the backfield. The only way to prevent him from catching the ball is to send a blitzer, make him have to pick him up. If he if he has to pick him up, then you're safe. If he's checking hot, and you send that blitzer, then you get a hope that somebody can come up and make a tackle. So that's it's going to be very interesting to see how defense is defense. You know, the the back. If he's going to pick up things right away, is he going to be asked to protect the blind side of the quarterback right away? Or is he going to be out of the backfield, which relieves all pressure from the quarterback because no one's going to come running up if they got to cover the kid out of the backfield? And, Jake, appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. I think that's a great point, the dynamics of Saquon Barkley, because, I mean, I'm with you, Howard. You look at Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara last yeah. year, the Panthers and the Saints, they caught over 80 balls. Yes, they So did. you've got to think that way if you're a defensive coordinator that the Giants are going to want to dump it down to him a few times well, per game. Yeah, well, you've got to think. Here's, here's, here's a scenario that, that you're looking at. You've got, okay, last year we could rush the passer with four guys and we can put everybody out in coverage. Now, if we leave four guys up there and they block them up, this kid's going to be running through the gut of our defense. He's going to get five to eight yards, and he might break it and take it to the house. So i got to squeeze another guy down. So now i got seven guys kind of holding in, maybe the eighth guy sneaking up. Well, the eighth guy's got to be the spy guy to be on the running back because you never know, is he going to come off? Is he going to block? Where is he going to go? The moment you bring that eighth guy in, now all of a sudden you're one-on-one on the outside. And you leave a linebacker one-on-one with your tight end. And you, if you have Which could be an end, absolute nightmare, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's nightmares all over the field. It just depends now how they try to attack Saquon Barkley. Are you going to be able to, like, like what they did with Zeke, are you going to be able to hold him into the backfield and force him to block? Or are you going to be trying to chase him out on the edge because you're dumping the ball to him out in space? 
that's a that's a problem that you don't want. Because if you're the Giants, you want those mismatches, yeah. and that's what you're trying to play into. Let's head back to the lines. We got Jason in Maine. Jason, welcome to the program. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well, Very Jason. Good. How's things with you? What do you got? Good. I, I got questions for uh, both you guys. Um, for Howard, I'm just I'm just wondering uh, preseason games. If you're an established veteran and you you probably know your job's pretty secure. How do you guys take preseason games? Is it hard to get up for the games, or what, like what's your mindset towards that part of the year? Well, the world the world's different than when I played, uh, and I kind of, I kind of feel like an old man when I say this. When I played, <laughs> uh, Bavaro and Zeke Moat were the were the tight ends, and we argued for plays for snaps. We constantly like no one wanted me in the, on the field like. I'm, I'm begging them to let me on. The coach is like, you got to get in there if you're going to make the team. So that was different then. Like when the preseason games came, if I got in like in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, I would not leave the field. <laughs> I don't care. I'd run every special team. You need me to play defense. I'm not coming off the field for no reason because I'm only going to get reps, these reps. So I was always excited to play. As I got older and became a veteran, I liked playing because it got me ready for the season. I train like crazy, get ready to go. I've stressed myself out. And like, okay, now I need to put all this work into practice. Let me see. And I had a bunch of different coaches. I started out with Bill for two years. Bill leaves, you got Ray Hanley for two years. Ray leaves, you got Dan Reeves for four years. Dan leaves, I got uh, Fassel. So I kept getting new coaches. And not only did I get new coaches, I kept getting new offensive coordinators. And they were changing faster than the head coaches. So systems were changing. So I was constantly learning and doing something new, and I was always excited and wanted to see, okay, can I put this to practice? How is this going to work? I wanted to say, okay, coach, I don't think that's going to work. And if I said it in practice, it's just do what I told you. Then I'd go in the game and do it the way that I want it done. And if it worked out, he goes like, yeah, yeah we should start doing it like that. I like that. So that you know, we would work on you just. You but you use the games as a lesson, yeah, basically. You, you yeah. needed to be able to to do it if, if you couldn't do it. There were things like the angle that you that you block the guys at. I'm like, yeah, if you if you're down that low, you can't see your target, and all you have to do is move or pull you down. There were games where I'm like, that's holding. They're gonna call that. Like you can't do that. Or and they're like. Where, like, how did you? I'm like, just stay with me, you know. Like, and I would, and I, I, the guys would go over, like, can't believe I got to play in the preseason. I'm like, all right, you have a good game. They're like, Howard, like, you're not coming out. And coaches would be like, get out of the game. I'm like, yeah. Like, no, I need why? to fine tune I, this one like, a little bit like, more. Yeah, we'll let the yeah. kids in. I'm like, yeah, they'll be all right. They'll figure it out on their own. But you, know, you, just, you just had to, I had to do it that yeah. way. I think, I think the world today, because, like I said, Lance and I were talking about this earlier. I'm listening to people talk about things that they never have done. And then they're passing judgment on what they should be doing. I could never sit here and we could have a radio show about uh, knee surgery or brain surgery. I have no idea what a doctor's doing in there. I don't even like blood. So like, <laughs> so I can't tell a doctor what to do. I can't tell a, a soldier what to do when he goes out. I can't tell anyone what to do that I'm not doing their job. And most of the people who are talking about it, if they never done it, and this is their opportunity to talk, or they've done it, and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings when they're talking about it. Like, But the reality of it is you should want to play all the time. And when you don't want to play, go home. Stop playing. It's it's fun. This is a game. They're paying you to play a game. Like, they, anytime I get a chance to play with those other colored jerseys, I can go full speed. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, yeah. Let's go get them. And then, like, guys are like, oh, I don't want to play the preseason. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
you won't be here long. I used to, <laughs> I used to, I used to tell guys all around the league, I'd be home working out because I had a, a regiment. I'd go home to Alabama in the heat and work out and do stuff. And I would catch guys that were from my town or something that were in the NFL, and they're like, I'm a second-round pick. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, where are you going? I was like, well, I got gym this morning. When it's cool, then I'm going to get out and I'm gonna do some running in the afternoon. I'm going to play golf later in the day. I said, probably after golf, I might try to get some basketball later at night. <laughs> Dude, you need to rest your body. <laughs> you're going to wear yourself out. I'm like, I hopefully I'll see you next year. It looks like you're going to make the team. And I'm like, I would give him grief. I'm like, yeah. it was all about training and getting it going. You know, you work in an office and a desk. Like, I sit there sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm sitting at this desk. <laughs> this is good. Staring okay, at this guy. It's going to be okay. Yeah. All right. All right, okay, I got, I got to look this up. And when you have something to do, tasks to do, it's awesome. When Keeps you, do, you fresh, yeah. Give you fr- when you don't have something to do and you got to do research, oh, my God, I hate research. <laughs> but you got to do it. Like reading contracts or stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 30, that is 90 pages. They don't even have that many square feet. So but you got to do that stuff. So it's very interesting how it does. Like, But that's your job. It's, you... Like football, I, I tell, like, I, like, again, son reference, I'm like, no one can outwork you because you're working for you. If someone outworks you, then that means they wanted what you have more than you did. So go get it. Like, don't don't worry about all the other stuff, accolades, oh, pats on the back. Go get it. If something doesn't work while you're playing, learn from it. Like, it's not a failure. It's a teaching moment. Like you have, you're like every time something happens, the field's your laboratory. You're creating greatness. What are you gonna do? Oop, that blew up. Okay, we won't do that again. And you, you just figure things out. Well, and, and what you just mentioned also, Howard, is a reflection of sometimes why maybe less talented players last longer and yeah. have lengthy careers because of their work ethic. Is that what you were saying about me? I was no, no, I, I was not that insinuating that. that. I, I think you had the combination I of both Lance worlds, Howard. No, 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 no. No, when I when I think of when I think of elite tight ends, your name comes up yeah, immediately. Right, okay, so I, I don't know what you're talking about, Howard. I was out there with Jason Witten a while ago. You know, he's going to call the game. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, he's open now. Someone should be covering him. Like, it's so bad to see him. <laughs> Missed the third down oh when it came to his play days. What else you got for us, Jason? Okay, yeah. I, and I think Howard should give the pregame speech this coming week. That was great. <laughs> that would be. Uh, I, I'd, I'd hang around for that one, too. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> All okay, right, Jason. Appreciate yeah, the phone call. My, my yeah. last question. I was just Real wondering quick. if you can uh, – Give us like the the the, uh, the cut down schedule for the preseason. Like I think there's the first one after the first two games or something like that. Can you just uh, give us a summary of that and I'll uh, take it off the air. Thanks. You got it, Jason. Appreciate the phone call. I'm actually going to look those specific dates up because I know that they made some tweaks after last year in terms of initially it used to be one. Th- big major cut then it was in pieces and then they obviously have changed the structure so we'll definitely get to that I just want to try to squeeze in as many phone calls as possible as we look up that information and I'll definitely pass it on to you Carl is in Syracuse Carl what's happening hi Howard hi Lance hey, how, how we doing, doing Carl what do you got for us Lance I got it Lance I got to add in there that you sound nothing like John let's clear that up well I have been saying that my entire life so I'm glad that you agree with that we've had a few people <laughs> weigh in and say otherwise I don't know where they're getting that from but I'm glad that you are in agreement with me that's terrible so, so I, I know I know it's only the, the first uh, you know team published uh, depth chart so everything's very fluid but yeah. I, I noticed that Shane Smith was was way down on the, on the running back depth chart um, but then I've seen articles about how 
Shane Smith is, is developing a, a chemistry with Saquon Barkley, and they're using a lot of fullback. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shane Smith making the roster and how much they're using him? Well, first of all, Shane Smith is listed on the depth chart. He's under HB. Okay, so he's not even listed as a fullback. They don't have a fullback listed, and they don't necessarily put him in as a tight end, which they were sort of listing him initially on the roster. As far as what he could bring to the table, to me it depends on if they look at Rhett Ellison as that dual tight end fullback, I wonder, Howard, if they would then ultimately keep an additional fullback or a guy that is mainly a fullback if they feel some of the tight ends on the roster can service as a fullback out of the backfield as well as line up with the offensive line. I mean, you got one, two, three, four, I think five tight ends in camp, four or five tight ends. Yeah, six. Six okay, tight ends. Six yeah. tight ends in camp. So we know the three guys, like one of the guys specifically, can come out of the backfield and block an Ellison. Okay, so you got the other two tight ends and Adams and, and Ingram that can do inline blocking, split out. Yep. Uh, and Adams is getting to be a stronger blocker. He can come out of the backfield, especially those plays on the edge. So now you got to figure out, okay, where does the fullback fit in? So the fullback's going to have to, like, he's going to have some excellent opportunities to start making his, you know, earn his keep, starting with special teams. He needs to go and have a big showing on Thursday night in the special team category. He'll get into the game probably in the third and fourth quarter. If he's in the game, he's got to level some people. He's got to, like, take some guys on. And I don't know if you can do that these days with the blocking, you know, rules and everything. But you, you got to go in there and you got to not miss an assignment, be the first guy on, first guy off. you got to show on film. And that's going to be hard to do with all these tight ends out there playing multiple positions. But if I was a player and I knew that um, Minnesota historically was a two-tight end set, I would, you know, try to get a little inline blocking practice. The problem is he's like six foot one. He's not a six foot three, six foot four guy, which is which puts him at a disadvantage in, in inline blocking. But he's going to have to do everything else around that to become. Now, when you say the size, is that because it's it's hard for taller guys to get down? I mean, no. in terms of leverage, right? Is is that where that comes into play, or that's not even an issue it's in your not mind? An issue. What, what, what I'm talking about is at six one. You're playing against defensive ends that are maybe 6'4", six, 6'5", six, longer arms coming off the ball when they make contact. The extension, you, there's nothing for you to grab if your arms are here. For leverage. And his arms are there. You're going to be trying to fight his arms as he's jacking you up and walking you back. So you have to be aware of that at that position when you're in direct contact in line blocking. When you're running full speed to throw a block, that guy, doesn't. he, he has to drop down and drop his shoulder. He takes his, take his arms away from him in an instance when you're blocking. If you're in line, it's like a it's like a, a safety coming down to play over the top of a tight end. If they want to, they see that they want to run the ball, he sticks his arms out, or he blocks and extends his arm, and the safety the safety's on wheels. He's on skates at that moment. He's going back because he's basically carrying them. Yeah, because yeah. you can't once you once you extend your hips are, are extended, you're you're done. And that's what that's what the fear would be with a smaller tight end. That's why you see guys that are smaller. They are out a couple steps, so they don't have to take direct block. And it was just me speculating this height could be yeah. an issue with that. Right. What else you got does for he, us? Yeah. Does he have show his soft hands out of the backfield? Can he, can he catch well? You talking about Shane Smith? 
Yeah. Yeah, Shane Smith has the ability to catch out of the backfield. I've seen that. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a huge aspect of the offense if he makes the roster, but he has that ability. He's capable of doing that. I think it's more as asset if he catches the ball. He's dynamic once he catches it because you're a running back or a fullback. You need to have a little extra uh, when you catch the ball when you get in the open field. And you're more appealing to be kept on the roster as yeah. a result of that because they figure not only can you catch it, you can then maybe gain five or six yards yeah. after the catch. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be another fun thing to watch. Um, one more quick thing. Uh, is there an update on R.J. McIntosh's uh, health at this point? The coaching staff hasn't provided any update. I mean, at this point, they're obviously looking to get him back to full strength and full health, and whenever that comes, they'll make an announcement, and the roster will be reflected that way. But no new news on that front. Okay. Yep. All right, thank you. You got it. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Let's head back to the lines. We've got Big Ed in Maryland. Big Ed, what's happening? What's up, Lance? How we doing? Ed, I'm back, bro. You are. I know. Long time no here. So what's happening? <laughs> All right. How you doing, Big Howard? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thanks for asking. All right. World champion, Howard. I have to call you world champion. <laughs> Thank you. That is. Guys, um, I'm just looking forward to what we got coming new here with everything about to come together. It looks like we could be doing some really special things, but I just can't talk prematurely because this is a new situation here. So I guess my whole thinking of it is with John Nation and, and listening on it. Um, what do you guys intake on what you've seen thus far, and then what do you think the chances are for this year, uh, other than the fact that they need to be healthy? Well, well. I think the first six games is kind of like the murderer's row of a batting schedule. If they can come out of that, you know, 50-50, got a good shot to win the next, you know, to win to be ahead. That's for that could be have a chance to make a run to playoffs. But the reality of it is is that they got to get through these first Yeah, they're going to be tested by some really good defenses. I, yeah. I think that's what jumps out to me. And they don't really get a break at the quarterback no. this season. You know, it's not like you're going up against a team that has some question marks out. And I'm bringing up the schedule here, and I brought this up on previous shows Blake Bortles, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees. That's the first quarter of the season. Well, and then you go into Cam, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Alex Smith. And then you get the box. Not if he has your school of thought. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Where he stays hungry. If he's had my school of yeah. thought, he'd be trying to get more money. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott, I think, should take a step back. And the reason why I think he should take a step back, there's no Witten as a cushion. Um, and he'll have Zeke out there. but Zeke no, will be back, yeah, for the full there's, season. There's no Witten as a cushion. And, and Jason Witten was a major cushion in that third down. Great security um, blanket. There's no big, big play guy that's going to be out there barking for the ball. Dez, even though Dez didn't get as many as he wanted, he was still a threat that had to hold the – patching it up. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Back. Get after. 
backfield, but you have a Deshaun Watson. The game is that at New Orleans or New Orleans? New Orleans is here. Well, then I think oh, you have a, you have yeah. a better game because they're here. <laughs> the chances are better, yeah. They fared to, better here. You don't want to go to Yeah, New we've had a hard time in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah it's oh, been offensive clinic after yeah, another. <laughs> not not just us. Everybody has. The, the, big yeah. thing, the big thing is when you get down to, like I said, the fifth game is Carolina. It's, again, it's the defense. If you look at it, Jacksonville defense is going to be good. Dallas' defense is going to be pretty good. J.J. Watt's back. That defense is good. Jadavia and Clowney. Yeah, and Clowney is going to be good. Saints have a really good defense now. The Saints now. defense come around a lot. Yeah. you got Carolina's defense, and then you got the Eagles and Atlanta. Those that That's, like, like I said, forget the first six. The first seven games are going to be big-time quarterbacks. you got one, two, three, four Pro Bowl quarterbacks in that group. Uh, and you got guys that are, you know, some guys are going to be really hungry. Jacksonville's going to come in here. Coach Coughlin's giving, I mean, uh, whatever he is now, GM Coughlin or whatever he is, is going to be walking around kicking cans and stuff when he sees things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, so you, you got that guy coming back in here with his, his guys. He can't tell the coach, you think it's me. You know, I really hope you make it back next season. He goes, what do you mean next yeah. season? Like next season, like next week. It's next season. Every game's a season. Yeah. It, he'll be uh-huh. intense. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And there'll be some guys in there that, that want to get it done for him, that, that believe in him, right. and they want to see it. So that's well, going to be a good game. And he's built that team through the trenches, yeah. like he did when yeah. he was here, yeah. in terms of the defensive line, the offensive line. They brought Andrew Norwell in, huge signing from Carolina, and then the defensive line is like the Eagles. They've got seven or eight pass rushers that they could easily rotate. Hey, don't forget about that running back. Running Leonard Fournette, absolutely. The and the secondary, what too. What's the line going to look like? Who's our who, – okay, we got snacks. Got Olivier on the on the edge. We need someone to cover that other edge. Something, somebody like a tuck. Wait, well, bro. they brought in Connor Barwin, and I think that's a player to watch yeah. because Barwin he's had at least five sacks in six of the last seven seasons. And this is going to be his tenth year in the NFL, but he's been fairly consistent. So Barwin, I think, is a player that you should watch in the preseason and in the early stages of the season where he and Vernon can provide that complimentary piece that they need and then Lorenzo Carter to me is a name I mean the rookie has a huge opportunity to step in day one and if he can showcase the versatility that was there at Georgia that's another player that I think they expect to progressively grow throughout the course of this season I think you also have to look at it from a standpoint a lot of people aren't thinking about it this way the defense has totally changed from four three exactly yeah from four three to three four all of a sudden snacks is an inside guy him and He's, he's going to be moving guys around, uh, grabbing guys, trying to keep guys off linebackers so linebackers can run freely. Olivier Vernon is essentially a rush linebacker. Uh, so that, that changed that. If he pops out in coverage, and he did a couple of times last year yeah. and did a good job, but if he does pop out in coverage, or you don't want that guy coming from depth to hit you because he's a big, fast, strong guy. So it's going to be interesting from that standpoint. And remember, two years ago when Arizona was competing with – with Seattle, when Seattle was good, it was Arizona-Seattle battling. That Arizona defense, excuse me, that Arizona defense was incredible, was strong. Yeah, I think that's fast. what we're looking at. It was at. very fast with Caleb Campbell. He was a big, big piece for them. Yeah, and that's what we're big looking piece. at for this defense. We're looking at that kind of that that kind of uh, defense, that kind of scheme, that change to, to the 3-4. It's a different look. Guys don't practice it. Very every, different. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. But they got the bodies for it. They got the speed, the edges. They got the guys. They got the two big guys in the middle that, that can that can clog up the middle and make plays. And you got those guys coming up the edges. That that's what they do. They rush the passer. 
It's a good, right. it's, a, it's an interesting defense from the standpoint is you can run at those two those two pass rushers, but everything else is ugly. So you don't want to you don't get caught yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean James yeah, Betcher, he'll give guys the D. green light here. Gotta definitely need help in the back. Uh, but I just have four more words and then I'm gonna go ahead and go. But I did want to say first of all, I miss you guys. Everything's okay. Um, tell tell you hi to John and uh, Big Pauly D for me. <laughs> uh, we will. And then two words: speed and versatility on defense, and as a whole team, um, discipline and versatility. Those are the thing, key things. But we should have a pretty good preseason first run, and then we can figure out what we're going to do after that. All right, Big Ed. Thanks you guys for taking my call. You got Thanks it. You guys, y'all take care. Oh, yeah, say what's up to my buddy. It's my buddy, Jeff Feagles. Yes. <laughs> yes, Mr. Feagles. We All will right. definitely yes. pass your regards along, Big Ed. Good hearing from you. Glad to have you back All in right. the mix, and I think versatility is a fair word to describe the offense and the defense thus far. There was a question about roster cutdowns, and what happened last year is they wiped out the 75-man cut. It goes straight from 90 to 53. You got to get your 53 roster in order by September. So it's real simple. They can keep as many guys as they want throughout the preseason. You just got to get to 53 by the time September 1st comes around. So that's the new rule in place. Yeah, and that's a horrible rule. Horrible rule. <laughs> and the reason why it's a horrible rule, because if you, if you cut down to the 75 and, you, and some guys get off your team, they have a chance to get to other teams. Maybe teams are looking at them. When you when you cut down from you know to you know eighty five, seventy five, down to fifty three, every cut gives guys another opportunity to get in another camp because there are injuries, there are other things going on. When you hold on to the ninety guys until you get to fifty three, then you just shake them up and just kind of kick them out of the bag. And that that's I don't know where they came from, but that is tough. Well, last year, I remember when they made the change, there were teams that held on to them, but there were also teams that they cut them along the way. You know, they didn't necessarily hold on to all 90 for that final preseason game, so they would have opportunities. But I think the logic behind it, Howard, was if you remember that final preseason game is that quick turnaround on that Thursday when the Giants are going to play the Patriots. And what happens is a lot of coaches, they don't want to play their starters, so that's why they'd rather still have a 90-man roster. But beyond their starters, they're not playing anybody. Those guys don't get ready the whole whole week they, it's hard so again it, it's whatever however they did it I think the real reason they did it wasn't for the last preseason game I just think that they wanted more bodies to keep guys oh fresher. absolutely and they just, they just didn't want to okay if we keep these guys around so like guys who are working on their things you get one or two reps in the practice when you got like 15 receivers or something you, you you're not getting a lot of reps or 10 DBs you're not getting a lot of reps yeah. so you it, everything becomes more dramatic when you're out there. Well, and if a Howard Cross mentality is in front of you, you're never seeing the field because no, he's never going to let you on I the field. Never let so practice. that's another factor that don't, you have to take into consideration. Don't you be talking to me after they well, listen. we got to work on this whole rotation of players. No, there is no rotation. <laughs> so I'll get all the ones, and I'll get a couple of the twos, and I'll get one three. All right, then you and I'll leave you with the leftovers. Whatever, whatever yeah, you, you could divide the fours amongst <laughs> yourself with three minutes remaining in the game. Good luck trying to yeah. fight your way onto the field. Before we wrap things up, one of the callers asked about Davis Webb and whether or not Davis Webb is showing somewhat of a difference from Ryan Nassib in terms of 
whether or not he has the potential and the upside to compete for a starting job quoted down the, the road. Marks. He quoted Marks. Yes, he did, who I had many conversations with on this program where I had to hear about Ryan Nassib being a starter elsewhere, and that was highly unlikely because it's never happened before where a quarterback who has never started a regular season game then won a starting job elsewhere. But getting back to the it point here. all the time. Oh, it does? Well, you, if you name me the millions of examples, I'd be more than happy like you to. See, you see guys that, that leave teams and go to other teams and they start. The Minnesota quarterback was one of those guys. He wasn't a starter somewhere, and he shows up. Case Keenum. Well, no, you're right, but Case Keenum had had plenty of starts under his belt. This fill-in work okay, through injuries. Well, that that's what I meaning. They at least had some type of regular season and action. Probably this year, my boy from Alabama's up in Buffalo is gonna get the starting job. He didn't really have any real starts at uh, Cincinnati. AJ McCarron. Yeah, McCarron. He started a playoff game. He started a playoff game. Well, but that that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Howard, I'm only asking for one. See, I know I'm being real technical, but I'm asking for one. Ryan Nassib never started a regular season game. Mm-hmm. He threw 10 passes in the regular season his entire career, and that was all in spot duty, yeah, but, lopsided games. But, but there, so that there, doesn't there count. guys that are like, they're not really starters, go other places. They think they're Well, great. limited work, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah. But but they at least had one start. There was uh, the former Buffalo Bills quarterback, who um, Rob Johnson yeah, Rob was another Johnson. one who barely had any work, but he had one start before he got that mega contract, if you recall. Okay. So that's another example I throw out. But we were focusing here on Davis Webb. Yes. Garoppolo. Garoppolo started with the Patriots. Remember, Tom Brady was suspended. Oh, my Come God. on. See, I told you, you're not getting me on this program. <laughs> Trust me, Howard. I have looked at all quarterbacks. Uh, wait a minute. What's the other? Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. He started one game. He also started with the – remember, when Brady missed the game, see? All the guys you're going to name me, they at least had a start. And then he went into the Indianapolis Colts. So the the reason why I bring this up is as far as Davis Webb – listen, Davis Webb has had flashes during practice, in all honesty, where he's made really good throws. He has a strong arm. Mike Shula obviously talked about that when he met with the media the other day. But like anything else, you don't really truly know about these quarterbacks until they get into games. And this, to me, is going to be a much more telling preseason than last preseason because Webb is penciled in as the number two quarterback. So you figure he's going to get a lot of the snaps at that position, more so than Kyle Loletta and Alex Taddy. So I think that we'll get a better idea of what we see in practice, whether or not it's translating over to the games in the preseason. But you got to wait and see the preseason games before we make these bold declarations about Davis Webb. Upside. In the meantime, we're going to let Howard go so he could find me a quarterback that never started a regular <laughs> season game and report back to me. That's going to be his assignment over the course of the preseason. They yeah. never started and left the team and went to another team. Correct. Start. Never started a regular season game and then went to a new team and became the starter. That's the major question that I have right. in terms of all of you NFL history buffs. Okay. All right. Well, Howard, it was always a pleasure. Glad to have you back in the rotation. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to the tweeters. We'll try to answer some of your tweets off the air. For Howard Cross, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday right here on Giants.com. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Have a good one.